For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going on, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. We are part of the StadiumScene.tv network. I am your host this evening, Adam Corsair, and we are coming off a split series victory for the Blue Jays, beating the Oakland A's. And of course, joining me are my usual co hosts, Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brendan Panikar. Gentlemen, split the series against the A's. What more can we ask for, right? Four game series? It's not that bad, right? It's all you need in a four gamer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that all day, every day, especially with how good the Oakland A's have been, right? Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. And whatever it takes to bring uh, out Simeon's magic stuff, if that means taking trips to the Bay Area. Whatever, that was the secret that's... sauce for him this week. That's hey, he gets in his own bed. <laughs> there it is. Hang out Home with the wife family. and the kids, get a recharge. That's yeah, it, call it a day. See his friends. All right, so look, we're uh, we're at a record right now of 16 and 14. We are two games above 500, and even though this will probably put the Jays, I think, in third in the AL East, if I'm not mistaken, it's still pretty tight within the entire yeah. AL East. Uh, I think the, the last place team, if that was us, I'm not quite sure what it was, but... Uh, it was only three games back, right? And I think because the Red Sox lost, this will put us two games back. So it's not too bad. Um, so far, the Jays have been, you know, hit or miss. We're, we're going to talk about injuries and whatnot today. But in a general sense, Brennan, we'll start with you. Uh, how do you like the Jays since last week? And uh, without getting into too much detail with the, with the injuries, um, are you satisfied with their playing? Are you concerned? What's the deal? I'm more than satisfied. Um, I think just based on what we all predicted at the end of the show last week, I don't think anybody predicted more better than four and three. And I think that's pretty reasonable considering you're playing Atlanta and a hot Oakland team. Um, and what do they do? They go out and sweep the Braves and then uh, lose the first two to the athletics. And the offense woke up the last two days and they were able to salvage the split. And, you know, my rule, whenever I pick uh, in a four game series, I always say just aim for two, uh, three out of four, especially on the road. is very, very hard to get. And so they did that. And a five and two last seven games since we last recorded. I think it's phenomenal considering some of the circumstances that have evolved since the Brave series. So 
being two games up going into or two games above 500 going into Houston on the weekend. I think that's fantastic, especially because as we'll cover some of the Astros pitchers they're going to face. I think tomorrow um, it's your Jose Urquidy. Um, and then on Sunday, it's looking like Zach Greinke. So it's going to be tough pitching wise and the Astros have had a good start to their season. So you take one there and then you could go finish the road trip going into Atlanta at 500 and have a chance to maybe win a series uh, and come back to Dunedin for the final homestand at 500 or maybe a game or two above. I think that's exactly where this team needs to be, given all the stuff going on uh, around the club right now. What about you, Brendan? I mean, not Craig. Come on, I have a beard like you. You should know this. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I know fault. it's not quite as majestic, but... <laughs> I just got it trimmed. <laughs> it is very, very nicely streamlined, unlike mine, who's going to get all scraggly unless I hurry up and figure something out. <laughs> gotta go get a trim, man. Just gotta get the lineup. There you go. So, but yeah, no, what a, what an exciting week. I know there was some plenty of good, or good with mixed in with the bad and everything. Is we could have very easily named this week's episode, like, uh, dropping like flies would be you know, prevalent and <laughs> all these other things. But the fact that in the midst of all this, they were actually able to pull it all together and actually show what kind of a close knit group this team is and uh, really run with it. The fact that you get to see Grichik running in and doing as well as he's been doing over the last series and a sweep against the Atlanta Braves. Who'd have thought that mm-hmm. we took out AA yeah. officially in that group, you know, group was just fine by me. You know, we faced a good chunk of the A. Oak, we didn't have to. Did we really have see anything out of Acuna other than the one home run? I think is what he had. And other than that, and he's been literally on fire the whole season. Being yeah. able to keep him in the check, and along with Freddie Free and all the other guys that are going on in that you know Braves dugout, that was very very encouraging to see them take it to a team that is going to probably make the playoffs easily at some point. You know, I, I don't get me wrong, the Mets are good, but the Braves are the team I think to beat in the National League East just because they have the collective group, not the as many holes in that I don't think like the Mets have been showing. Right. But then going into the, the Oakland A's won how many games in a row? Fifteen? Yeah. Is that what they won? Yeah. And then yeah. we come in there and we're able to split after what looked like an ugly opening of the series, guys. I don't know how you both saw those first couple games and whatnot, but it was rough. And then being able to turn that frown upside down and at least walk out of there with a split. And it was the first time most of the guys on this team have actually played in Oakland Coliseum. Vladdy and them hadn't played there because the first season that they were up with the team in 2019, they they didn't really play out there because they'd already finished the West West Coast leg by the time they've all came up into the team. And then last year, obviously, being all isolated on the East Coast and then only playing the Rays in the playoffs, they never really got to play any of those teams out West. So it's, it was probably very intriguing and indifferent for them at the same time as that ballpark is the worst place to hit in, basically, in my opinion. was I think it consistently ranks on the low end of the park factor stuff. Am I wrong with that statement? No, no. Because of how much yeah, foul territory and ridiculous space there is in that ballpark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to see Robbie Ray and everybody do well. And then Ryu coming back today and looking like Ryu, that, that was very intriguing and good for the Blue Jays moving forward because that was the one spot that was going to kill us. I think going forward was not having Ryu to be able to at least get spell the bullpen every fifth day. And yes, I know he was in and out a little quicker today because of the whole injury thing, but playing in the right direction, I think is the right key here, guys. And not to mention great week. <laughs> We're above 500 yeah. still. <laughs> two games, two games over 500. And look, um, 
the one player that stands out to me the most, a lot of talk has been on Marcus Simeon. Um, Danny Jansen hit a home run today. Kevin Biggio is starting to hit a little bit, even though you just had to squeak of, that in. Well, I mean, like I still have my <laughs> concerns, especially with the launch angle swing. He's swinging under pitches a bunch and it's, it's getting to me. Um, but that's a whole different conversation. We bring it up every week. Um, I will say and give credit where credit's due, man, who are the fucking idiots that said trade Randall Graychuck, right? Who I was thinking that same that? thing. That's what we should have named the episode we were talking about before. Oh trade Randall? Question. Yeah. Who said that? <laughs> fucking amateurs. I, um, <laughs> I even, I thought he was going to be the odd man out, but I really wish we could have actually kept him because I was wondering if this was ever going to happen. And I know all Blue Jays fans have been saying this for years. Is this what, this is what I think everybody thought we were going to be getting from Randall Graychuck yeah. over the years, what we're seeing right now. And I can only hope and pray that this isn't a flash in the pan. Because at a minimum here, we're showing that he's a trade chip. At the at yeah. the re- at the regular part, he is a fixture in this lineup. There is no lose there if this is how he keeps playing. So let's let's see it. R- ride it out. Go Randall. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want him to be a trade chip at all. <laughs> not with all the injuries and shit. <laughs> the injuries, but honestly, with Rowdy not showing too much and his limited flexibility in terms of playing positions, you could play Randall in all three outfield spots. And then with, obviously, Springer's injury that we'll talk about uh, shortly, um, you can give him way more time at DH uh, without Rowdy. And you can keep Randall in there. You could keep Lourdes and Oscar. So now, you know what? Rowdy's the odd man out and ride Grichuk as long as you can. And maybe this is for real. Well, uh, Bernie, you just teed it off, so let's just head right into it. Um, let's get to the, the unfortunate news, as you just mentioned. George Springer will return back to the 10-day IL retroactive May 3rd as he re-aggravated his quad. However, during today's broadcast of the game, um, Shulman did mention that I think Atkins said that they prob- he probably won't return after the 10-day stint. He probably need a little bit more time. In other words, the minimum probably won't do it. Um, Probably an I actual 10 days on the IL, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will be a little bit longer. Um, I mean, look, I mentioned on last week's episode that he looked a little ginger running the bases. Didn't look completely up to speed. He wasn't at full strength. But you have to imagine that with the clout that he's had and that he's earned – and, you know, given the fact that he's the highest paid contract in Blue Jays history, he probably has more of a say as to when he wants to sit and when he won't than most players on the team, if not every other player on the team, maybe besides Ryu. Um, that being said, there seemed to be some mixed messaging when it came to his injury status with Charlie Montoyo really playing the cliche game, uh, leading us to believe that it wasn't as serious as it actually was. I mean, leg fatigue. What the fuck does that even mean? And yet here we are. So, Craig, let's kick it off with you here. There are a plethora of other injuries we'll get to, but given that this instance in a vacuum, does it instill confidence in you in regards to how the team is handling injuries in general moving forward with other players? And how much of this is of a concern is this to you when it comes to George Springer, literally our prize asset for this team? Well, just to get the, the leg fatigue thing out of the way, leg fatigue is how I felt after freaking softball for the first time this year on Monday night. That it, yeah. that was just I'm out of shape. I'm fat. I don't. Want, I can't move. I'm not 20s in my in my 20s anymore. I can't bounce back apparently after a whole winter of no baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, that's what leg fatigue is. <laughs> yeah. If they if. if just to hear Montoyo even saying that, I was like, okay, come on. We knew it wasn't leg fatigue after the first day he missed. You know, it was one thing if he came back after that, you know, day off 
that it would have been yeah great he just needed a day off whatever he's back in there and the thing that pisses me off about that the most is his bat speed actually looks like it was legit back in normal mm. the timing was there so the fact that you know if he he, he was DHing. Right. right. <laughs> and he was hitting. If if he needs day offs while he's DHing, there's there is a problem. It's just how it is. I'm sorry to say it. And it, maybe they rushed him back or maybe he thought he was more closer to being 100% than he actually, at, you know, found out to be once he finally got on the field. They should just hurry up and did that and gotten uh, you know, anybody back up, Jonathan Davis back up to be able to, you know, help out in that ridiculously large outfield in uh, Oakland, especially for that series, just because I'm sorry to say, um, as far as Tay Oscar has been doing really well in right field, that outfield and that monster outfield in Oakland with um, Jonathan Davis looks a lot more defensively sound. And that's what we actually saw in the lineup today. Mm-hmm. So as much as that goes, it's, if, especially without having Springer, you know, that DH spot is the spell everybody a day spot right now. And it doesn't matter who it is. And now there's plenty of other injuries going on too. So now that that DH spot is open like that, it's almost like another test spot. Throw a couple of rookies in, spell somebody that is a regular to be sure that they don't continue to add to this injury bug nonsense that we keep getting. But this Springer thing is just gotta, I'd rather almost not hear anything about Springer for the next month and let him get healthy <laughs> and then Good finally luck. be able to run with it. <laughs> I know exactly. That's exactly the problem. But like I said, I'd rather just almost like let him fly under the radar here for a, a couple weeks and hope he gets healthy because I, I, I honestly think in that, that the pressure of everything is like, hey, I'm making a lot of money. The Blue Jays fans are expecting me to be out there is why we even saw the little glimpse that we did. And then we are unfortunately right back to where we are. And this feels almost too Vernon Wells to me, and it's kind of starting to hurt already. <laughs> yeah. Let's say you, it, Vernon. It feels like um, when he played on Wednesday and you saw him run a little bit on Wednesday and Friday whenever he had to run the bases, it seemed like he was doing all right. Like there was obviously a little bit of a limp, but it was very clear after his first at bat on Saturday and he grounded out and hustled down the line. You could very clearly see him grab his quad uh, after he touched first base. And that was the re-aggravation of the injury. Now, I'm thankful as hell that he played the rest of the game because they wouldn't have won the game without him as he proceeded to hit two mammoth home runs, especially that 470 foot one. So the fact that we only got to see a small preview of George Springer, at least it was super impactful. But at the same time, it sucks seeing him do what he did on Saturday get a little glimpse and have it shut right back down again. Because I'm like, man, I want more of this. Everybody on Saturday night on Blue Jays Twitter was like, oh, my God, I'm in absolute awe by what this guy can do. Just get your legs a little bit healthier. If not for the re-aggravation, it seemed like I guess maybe the plan was, you know what, Skip, um, 90% good to go. Uh, if I DH for a few days, it'll naturally heal uh, heal up. If I don't, uh, if I don't uh, tweak anything, and unfortunately he did. I was surprised to see him back in the lineup on Sunday. I really was. I think that was just. I truly think Sunday, and even Monday, was a little bit of okay. All right, maybe it is fatigue or just getting your legs back under you or whatever. But after we didn't see his name in the lineup on Tuesday, and there was another dance on Wednesday. And all of those quotes from Charlie Montoyo came out. I'm like, guys, like, just put him on the injured list at right. this point. Like, there, there's no point in keeping him on the bench right now. Everybody clearly saw his injury. Get him healed up. At this point, unfortunately, I would be very surprised if we see him before the end of May. I'm optimistic that maybe it truly will be maybe another week after 
his stint on the IL is done, but do it right this time. No more 90%, 95% stuff. Make sure he's really good to go um, and can come back at 100% because 100% of George Springer is way better than 50% as the DH. But at the same time, 50% of George Springer is way better than nothing. So yeah. figure it out, get him back, and we got a nice little glimpse of what he could do, and it's super exciting moving forward. So get healthy, man. Can I yeah. summarize? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All I heard is Brendan is getting sick of being teased and getting blue balls over having George Springer in the uh, lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's just like last year. I would have been so pissed off if we saw opening day come around in 2020, got to go to games, and then have it shut down because of COVID a week later. I'd be like, wow, that was such a tease. And how, yeah. who knows how much longer <laughs> this is going to go. I would have rather we not see him the last few days and just get him healthier so that we can see him for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like we got a little taste and I want that much more and to not be able to have that. It sucks, bro. I look, I was the one that said, keep him out till May. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like this was a little rush back. And again, I, I don't know how much of this was his say. I would imagine the vast majority, if not all of it was him saying, I'm good to go. Um, but look, to me, it just it's sort of typical, right? When when the Blue Jays have something nice, it sort of, you know, blows up in our face. Um, and I don't want to get too uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get too down here. I don't want to, to make it seem like I think this is all doom and gloom. But so far, despite the fact that we're two games over 500, just the way it feels it feels more like 2013 than 2015. Yes, right you're now. right. You know, and it just, I, I'm not saying it's going to, the result is going to end the same way, but it's very uh, uneasy for me. There's a dark cloud just like sort of hovering over the Jays or at least trailing behind it and trying to catch up to them. Um, and and it, it, it's worrisome. And again, we're going to get into all these injuries later, but, you know, for a team that's so, uh, hardcore obsessed with analytics with uh performance um with their development um with their performance center you would think that they would have a decent handle on this better than other teams and it just i don't know maybe there's pressure from the fan base but again you're not playing in front of fans in toronto so i i don't necessarily think that would factor in even if they were i don't know that that would factor in that much but for me it's just what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, all I can hear right now in my head is this is going to be one of those, hey, it's like getting a new trade deadline guy named George Springer and you got yes. him for the next five and a half years. Like, that's so that sick of hearing I, that, though, because we get that I every year. I feel like that's coming. For yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. And that was the Alex Anthopoulos thing at 2014 when there was a lot of injuries and they came back around the trade deadline. And that's what it was before he finally pulled the big trigger in 2015. So, no, I, I, I can see that already happening. Yeah. I don't know. It hasn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm just concerned with what this means when it comes to other players. And we can dive into them right now. But, man, it, this is just a, a another kick in the balls. But otherwise, the season, even though we're, we're making it sound like doom and gloom, and I mentioned a dark cloud, season's been okay. We're still two games over 500. So there is that. But You're saying it could on. be better. It could be <laughs> We, we we could be right up there in first place had George Springer been here from day one, but you know ifs and buts, you know candy and nuts. Um, 
<laughs> let's, let's move on. Uh, there's a whole buffet list of other injuries that the team is dealing with. Uh, Julian Merriweather was placed on the 60-day IL, and it doesn't look likely that we'll see him at all in 2021. Uh, perhaps maybe a minor league stint at best towards the tail end, but that's, I think, being a little bit more optimistic. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is expected to, quote, miss four weeks with a hip flexor injury. Anthony Castro and Tommy Malone were placed on the IL. I believe Castro is dealing with a forearm injury. David Phelps had an MRI in his shoulder and is, quote, likely an IL candidate. Joe Panic quote, felt something in his calf Wednesday, but is, quote, feeling better today. I don't know how <laughs> Shouldn't much Shouldn't have been playing first that. base yesterday. <laughs> right. I mean, there is Rowdy. I'm, I know he hasn't been hitting, but he is a first baseman. Uh, he, too, had a precautionary MRI. Uh, this team is as thin as thread. So with that, Brennan, what are the team's options this early in the season? Or is it even early? anymore should we be pushing to maybe explore trade candidates to explore maybe minor league depth what do we do to mitigate these circumstances it seems like into ben nicholson smith who put out a tweet today that they are already doing their homework on the third base market um kyle seager is obviously one of the probably going to be the bigger third base options out there um i'd be totally down with kyle seager i think he's a good player um in terms of the bullpen injuries just to touch on i am not overly surprised at julian merriweather um yeah. i'm also not upset at it either mainly because we knew that anything we'd get from merriweather would be a bonus and there was even a chance he wasn't even going to make the roster um out of spring but it's just the fact teasers. that he came out it's a, it's the fact that he came out and was just absolutely unreal to start the season and then he gets injured and it's like man why can't this guy stay healthy the good thing though is He's been on the injured list for, what, three weeks, close to four weeks already? So that's mm -hmm. eating up some of those 60 days because it's retroactive to there. So there is a chance maybe that it's mid-June return, but he's going to need to be built back up a little bit to get uh, in pitching shape. I would be surprised if we see him before Canada Day at this point, probably. If a return or eligibility off the injured list is uh, mid-June, probably need a week or maybe two or three weeks to build your arm strength back up. So, yeah, probably around Canada Day. Um, Castro, Malone, it is what it is. I think you can get by with what we saw today from Travis Bergen. He looked really good. Um, there's also Ty Tice uh, on the 40-man roster. Um, the bullpen's very deep, um, so I'm really not concerned about the injuries there. But the one that I am concerned about is David Phelps because oh, he's yeah. just been so damn good. Then he's uh, the veteran amongst year. all those guys you just mentioned. Exactly, and it's a shoulder injury, and that's never good. So... If it's just inflammation, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it is just a case of him needing to rest for a little while. But Phelps came off a very major injury when the Blue Jays signed him for the first time, although I think that was Tommy John. Um, so a little bit different than dealing with a shoulder, but your shoulder can fuck you up pretty damn bad as a pitcher. So Phelps for sure concerns me. Um, but yeah, I think they're fine when it comes to the bullpen and their injuries. They can cover those innings. They just need the starters to go deeper, and it's trending in the right direction with the way Ray has pitched you coming back. Hopefully Matt's can get back on a little bit of a roll here. And then whatever you can get from stripling every fifth day, you know what, if he goes out and throws five innings, it's good enough for me. What about you, Craig? I think the biggest one that hurts the Blue Jays the most right now is we just started seeing Alejandro Kirk hit. Yeah. And he yeah. was, th that, that series, he was looking hot, guys. And I'm not going to lie, I really thought he was just going to walk out of that series as the everyday catcher than this. So mm. two home run game <laughs> and he had another one in there too, didn't he? Yeah. 
yeah, so three home runs in a series, that's that's saying something. And that was basically, I think, was starting to be the end of anybody else having a chance to catch for the Toronto Blue Jays, regardless of whatever the hell he actually provides behind the plate. They needed a bat in that lineup at that position because it was been literally the the void of offense for two years now. And the fact that he was actually showing something was very intriguing. And honestly, guys, I was a little pissed when they didn't give Riley Adams a chance the other day and then decide just to throw Reese McGuire out there into the game yesterday. Because I don't know how – did you guys watch any of his at-bats yesterday? Reese? Yeah. Yeah. I saw two of them. Can you say out of his league at all? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I, – I, he, he had a better chance of hitting water falling out of a boat than he was going to ever hit, you know, <laughs> any of that other stuff. Because he was just – the timing was so screwed up. It just it, – it, there's no way he could hit. I, I, I think he's going to actually hit worse than Danny Jansen is, which is saying a lot. See, he just hit his first home run, and I think he might actually be batting 100 now after today's <laughs> game. That's not even the Mendoza line. <laughs> It's half of it. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a shit line. Yeah. yeah. That's I should be playing in minor league baseball, which is playing right now, so why not just send everybody that way? But when you have nobody that can catch the damn ball and hit, we're going to keep seeing this malicious throwing of players through that catching spot if they don't figure out something. And if they're trying to really figure out this trading situation, I really would be shocked that they are not looking for a catcher with what's going on, especially when they, even with Kirk, we saw him trending well this last weekend, but you didn't, you still don't have any clue that he's going to continue to do that. If you are indeed in a pennant race this year, they're going to be looking for a third baseman and a catcher and a starting pitcher going for this trade deadline. And, um, I don't know if you guys caught it earlier this week, but while I was at work, I usually just have the MLB channel playing on my phone and listening to it. And what I was, they, one of the segments they were talking about at MLB Central was the fact of when do you start pulling the ripcord on worrying about your team and what you've assembled over the off season and start trying to find and target new players. And every one of them, this is Mark DeRosa. I forget the old Braves GM that used to, that's always on the MLB network. Uh, but anyway, they said they try. They always made up their main decisions of who they were going to target around the 40-game mark. The Blue Jays just played their 30th game of the season today mm-hmm. as we are getting this recording done and just took the split in Oakland. 30 games in 10 games, there's not a very big difference there. <laughs> and I yeah. think the holes for the Blue Jays are very obvious and what they need to be targeting. And sadly... One and maybe two of these is things that we were assuming were going to be a problem this offseason that obviously have not been solved by any means. And I'm mostly targeting third base and the uh, pitching rotation with that. Is that. We figured with at least the guys that we hit were going to shuffle through the catching spot, we were going to get something out of that rather than nothing. Unfortunately, that is clearly an issue right now as well. Um, and one guy I thought that was really interesting that the, came up in a couple of things this week with um, the Blue Jays as far as targets was Colin Moran for the Pirates. He's hmm. been trending up for the Pirates, and honestly, worst-case scenario, we got a guy that actually plays solid defense over there. And in an American League East ballparks, he could be a guy that could actually come over and hit maybe 15, 20 home runs. Not bad a ton, but... Right now, anybody that bats 250 and can play defense should be playing be playing for the Toronto Blue Jays as the third baseman right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, they got to start getting that kind of ducks in a row, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I don't know what the the options are 
when it comes to um, trade candidates and, you know, because I, I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with the evaluation of their minor league talent. And mm. in fairness, the minor leagues just started. Right. So you're you're basing this off of a season that wasn't last year for a lot of these minor league guys who are just getting their first dose of actual competition uh, day two or three now heading into it. Um, it, it might take a little bit more than that 40 game mark because of the, the lack of minor league or the late start for the minor league season. Um, but I agree with you, Craig. I think the Alejandro Kirk thing hurts a lot. And what pisses me off, Adams. For yeah, no reason. Totally, no, For reason. no reason. And right now, how is he any worse than any of them? I, I just don't understand. That. And to, to make room, bring freaking Reese McGuire back onto the forty-man roster. Just <laughs> yeah, you know. And they they DFA'd and he cleared waivers. Like he's obviously. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I just I, I don't know why. Maybe Faraday with the pitching staff. Maybe that has a lot more to do with it than we're giving it credit for. Because you know, Adams would come up and you know kind of be thrown into it. I get this that, point. but the fact that Re- Riley Adams was on the roster coming into spring training, so he had to have been taking reps the whole spring training with those guys. He might yeah. not know Ryu and them as well, but it's not like he's a stranger coming off the free agent wire. You know, if we sign Matt Weaver's yeah. to a contract tomorrow, just because why not? <laughs> you know, that would be the same argument, I feel like, and you'd still have an inside track with Riley Adams, I think. It would. I think it more had to do with probably uh ray in his opinion yeah. on things you know That's because i think kirk was ray's choice when it yeah. came to catching and maybe he didn't feel comfortable throwing to someone because i from what i've noticed about ray he doesn't like to shake off he just kind of likes to get his pitch down and you know throw reminds me of mark burley with that just put the mm-hmm. finger down you know the report game on <laughs> yeah i only have no, to focus and, on throwing which yeah, i think I is maybe that. the reason on why he's actually been doing better as a blue jay yeah I don't know that Riley Adams has that experience yet. I don't know that he has it in him. So, you know, on the catching front, yes, I, I, I can see why that would be frustrating. There are options. Maybe Adams will get his opportunity more uh, into the future. I don't know. Um, but the infield, again, we brought this up last week. It's looking really, really barren. Um, the third base is what con- concerns me the most and the shuffling of outfielders. In no scenario do I want Teoscar playing left field. And I think it was yesterday's game that he was playing in left or the game before. I'm not sure. But one of these Oakland games, he was playing in left field. And I was what is he, what are you doing there? Um, I don't know that I like Kevin Bijo in the outfield either. Honestly, I don't know that I like Kevin Bijo playing the field at all. No. <laughs> you know? I hate that we were even having that conversation. If they would give him a fucking home, I don't think we would have this conversation about Kevin yeah? Bijo. You gave Jimmy an $18 million, Can't put him at second. You know, where are you going to put them? That's yeah. that's the thing. It, it We don't have an actual third baseman on the team. No. And that's what's concerning to me. And you're not moving Vlad back there. No. Uh, those no. who are suggesting that just don't even continue that thought. It, it's That's why I'm guessing Ben Nicholson-Smith's tweet is very well-timed. And, Craig, to your point about it getting close to the 40-day mark, I guess my only question to some of those analysts are teams willing to trade this early on because I know Kyle Seeger is a good player. And he's off to a decent start. Surely you maybe want to wait a little bit longer if you're the Mariners to dump him in case he gets hot and so you get the maximum return for a guy like Kyle Seeger. I just don't know where you go for third base unless you just say, fuck it, let's call out Jordan Groshans at this point. And that, they're not going to do that either. And it's obviously not going to be Austin Martin. He didn't even play last year. He's just in the alternate site. So. He's had a couple first in uh, New Hampshire. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> third base is a uh, is a barren wasteland at this point. Unfortunately, there's a lot of rotating guys in and out, so it'll be uh, interesting to see 
what happens moving forward. Be nice for some stability, that's for sure. Good. I got um. I thought this was curious to uh, the bullpen point that Brendan was trying to hammer home and why we really need starting pitching, and so I think it fits into this thing we're talking about here. The Blue Jays have the fifth most innings out of their out of their bullpen in Major League Baseball, one hundred and twenty three point two innings so far mm-hmm. this year. And just to put it out there, all the other teams minus the San Diego Padres, who are actually leading that category, um, all the other people have an ERA closer to four. Jeez. With that many innings, which makes sense. You're just chewing up innings, and it's the Texas Rangers, Chicago Cubs, the Tampa Bay Rays actually have a 4.18 ERA, which is a bad spot for them, which has been a big strength for them over the years. They've had a lot of injuries in that bullpen too. But then the San Diego Padres have eaten 141 and a third and somehow have a 2.74 ERA. They're in that same ballpark of, wow, that the Blue Jays are in. There is no reason in shit looking at these numbers, though, that the Blue Jays should have a good bullpen. It's too many That's innings. Scary thing. Too many innings. And the fact that they're keeping their K rate high and their walk rate low, all this stuff is really, really phenomenally, ridiculously weird. <laughs> it's the best way I can say it. But I think that right there spells out you will have an immaculate shutdown locked-in bullpen if you can somehow – Get some more innings out of your starting pitching. Yeah, yeah. And just protects you moving forward in case some guys like Piamps or uh, whoever turn back into uh, a pumpkin. And then with Phelps potentially gone for a little while, there's a lot less guys that you trust down there. But uh, it's still still pretty solid, but they definitely need starters to go deeper. Yeah, I just I don't know um, how eager they are to pull the trigger on trades right now. I, I, I would imagine they're not. Um, and if they are going to uh, make any trades, it'll be low-level, you know, non-impactful trades at this point. Um, maybe just for cast considerations or the famous player to be named later who gets tossed around. Um, <laughs> but you just can't can't find a team. That guy's had uh, the best career ever, right. hasn't he? It's true. You know, yeah. he's, All these great holiday destinations. That's it. That's it. You know, got to get his jersey while you can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I don't know what the answer is at this point. I, I, I would assume they're going to look internally. What else can you do and just ride what you got? But, you know, the season is I look to me. It's no longer early. You know, it, when we're you can lose a season and may and not to say that the Blue Jays are on that path. They're certainly not right right now. They need to capitalize because the, the division is ripe for the taking. Right. And the Yankees are starting to wake up. They're starting to fall into a groove. The Red Sox are sort of, you know, I, I still don't buy it, but I feel like they're falling back to earth. Uh, the Reds are going to raise. I think right now is the opportunity to sort of strike. And if if you have to do it with some of your best players, but on the end list, but you're still winning games, then Blue Jays have a, a four leaf clover up their ass and they're making do. And hopefully come June, July, they'll be in stride. I would hope. I- I don't know how to to feel about it right now because I very much feel that dark, rainy cloud that you referred to earlier, Adam. It very much feels like there's just, even though there's a lot of positivity around them being 16 and 14, two games above 500 and playing better the last few weeks and guys like Simeon and and Vlad and Bo are hitting more and Piascar looks great since coming Mm -hmm. off of the uh, injured list uh, or I guess the COVID list. Um, So there are some good signs, but just... Maybe it's just because the giant cloud is the George Springer injury and this has been handled. Um, that's just making everybody feel like, 
yeah, but like, did you imagine if we were actually healthier and how much better we would be? That's what they have to do. I think, yeah, the division's right there for the taking, and you can lose the division in May and by Victoria Day or Memorial Day. They just need to enter June and get healthier and be at 500 or a game or two above, no more than two games below 500. Because if there are any more, I mean, three, four, five games below 500, that could fall really, really quickly if you get on a losing streak, but can have a small little losing streak and get back into it. So, yeah, maybe the dark cloud is just the Springer injury. And maybe I also feel Blue Jays to antsy and anxious for Nate Pearson, because that's another name that continues to be thrown around. Um, Do we need I hope that talk soon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Do you bring him up? Good. So on that note, for the Blue Jays fans that haven't been following the Meyer League thing, because that's my thing. <laughs> so to what you mentioned a minute ago, Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans coming up anytime soon playing third base appears to already be off to a rocky start. Both of them playing at double A with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats have neither of them started that position. So the first game of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, um, Jordan Groshans played shortstop, and uh, Austin Martin played center field. Obviously, oh, wow. I think we know that Groshans eventually going to be the third baseman of the future, probably more likely than anything because of all the plethora of shortstops we have in the system. But Samad Taylor is, quote-unquote, a good third <laughs> baseman for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats to at least lengthen their lineup up so that just makes me wonder who the hell's sitting on that bench right now <laughs> but yeah. um so take those two things right out of the window but um to opening night for the new jersey slash buffalo bisons nate pearson started for the buffalo bisons and threw three and three and two thirds and struck out eight yes so slightly ridiculous, but obviously they're still trying to lengthen him out. And even with stri- striking out eight players, he, yeah, that's a lot of pitches in three and two thirds. I th- hope they figure out how to, you know, <laughs> stretch because <laughs> yep. otherwise that's still falling into the Blue Jays having a ridiculous opener situation and still having to throw in somebody like Anthony Kay or whoever after him. So it's, still a bullpen day if you've got somebody like Nate Pearson coming in only throwing smoke for three innings. So I, yeah. I think that as they build him up, though, but that, that that start was on Tuesday. He's in line for Sunday. And that's what oddly weird, is weird to me. It's like, they t- like they're trying to do that. But I to me, I'd rather watch him throw smoke for two, three, make sure he's right down there. Because God, I didn't see any video on it or anything. I, I don't know. I'm sure the Blue Jays have seen some tape on him or anything. But for all I know, he every other pitch, he was not getting things where he needed to get them. So it could be a control thing just as much as we saw in the spring. Um, it'd be nice to see him be right before the Blue Jays bring him up instead of just having to pull the ripcord and bring him up too early, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, that's the one thing I worry about, though. But it seems to be the case, at least in how I view it, is that the Blue Jays are hedging a lot of their success on Nate Pearson, and that's something that you necessarily don't want to rush. Um, so, look, if he's it, from what I'm understanding, also him and Manoa have a nice, friendly back forth competition right now. And if you, if both of them are ready, fuck it, let's Bring go. Like, like, I don't Speaking care. of pull the ripcord, Manoa's yeah. already pitching tonight, honestly, and he's yep. you know he's got one out. The game started like five seconds ago, so just saying. <laughs> One and done. Um, all right, so speaking of the minor leagues, uh, well, sort of, let's move on. Look, June 1st, the Jays will be officially heading back to Buffalo, this time with fans in attendance. Craig, as our resident Western New Yorker, uh, how long do you anticipate this to last, and could this benefit the Jays in a division that's already pretty close, as we've already mentioned? 
you talk about waking up the bats. How does that not help? I, I don't know what they did with the ballpark in Dunedin, but that was a, de- a definitely a more hitter-friendly ballpark pre-renovation. I know that the Yankees already come to town in Dunedin and already bitched about it a million times over, but it's those those tall walls are not helping the Blue Jays' bats in Dunedin at all. And that they're supposedly the same dimensions as the Rogers Center. I'll believe it when I see it and fun with physics and math and all that kind of good shit. <laughs> so, but... I think the, the if they're going to have fans in the ballpark, will completely enamor themselves with the Toronto Blue Jays being uh, in town for one season. And here in New York State, and even Brett, um, Adam, I think you sent that article about Cuomo saying that things are good to mm-hmm. go for the Mets and the uh, Yankees to start having uh, full attendance, but only if you can prove that you've gotten both your COVID vaccines. So Yeah, and they're also offering shots. There is there. that. So just yes. in case you show up at the ballpark here, take a shot in the arm. You can get a free vaccine. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> if that, I know, I know everybody always thinks that New York is like the freaking star Wars movie with the move, the planet that is all one monster fucking city on the other side of New York. There's not much city. <laughs> you just all of a sudden run into Syracuse, Rochester and Buffalo on the, on the same throughway, you know, but, um, it's completely different over here, and I, I the ballpark's not as big. So if they're applying those rules to New York City, here in Buff, or Rochester, Buffalo area, things are going to be a lot more normal, and they'll be able to get a minor league baseball park maybe filled with Blue Jays fans, or at least the Bills Mafia throwing some people through some tables and stuff, you know? <laughs> Did, who, who was the rookie for that the Bills drafted the other, the other night that I already dropped himself through oh, a table? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was it the second-round pick? Off- Either way. Right? Yeah. Uh, was all right, so it was the fourth round pick, I think. You're Whatever, talking regardless. about having some fans that are starving for sports. It would be the Buffalo Nation, and I, I, I think the Bill, the Blue Jays are going to benefit from that relationship, hands down. It, it'll be nice to get some revenue back to the club. Obviously, I would say a good chunk of that's going to go to you know the Buffalo Bisons and Salem Field for displacing them and everything. But in the midst of that, how can you really turn down having anybody in the damn ballpark? And hopefully that we can get the border open so Brendan can meet me down here for a few beers and goof around <laughs> again. And Adam, we got to get you on a road trip. I'm ready to buy tickets on the 13th. <laughs> Do it. Our road trip. I'll be there live if I have to be. <laughs> Yeah, Brendan, yeah, that. if you ever needed incentive to get your vaccine sooner, just take a plane ride to New York and see a Yankees or a Mets take game. Take the airport. Hey, hey. Just do it. <laughs> if they'll give it to me, I would, I would just pay do for it. that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can find somebody that will just come give you a shot at the airport. Maybe they'll be yeah. handing them out there because apparently they can. <laughs> I'm down, man. I'm down. Um, I inter- Adam, your question about how long this will go for. Personally, I just would just rather than just spend the rest of the year there because we know how successful they were last year. But also, I think it'd just be a nice way to thank the city. Um, it also just seems like a lot to move the club three different times to three different cities and including a different country. I know it's not that different, uh, <laughs> but still. Um, it's only a still. short bus ride right from Buffalo. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that would be the ideal thing, but you know, you know better than most us on the rest of the show, Brendan. How off? How is that going to even happen? I don't. I don't see that being super realistic for them playing in Toronto, unfortunately, this year. Sixty-five uh, percent of Ontarians eighteen plus should have their first dose by the end of May, okay. so it is trending in the right direction pretty quickly. Good deal. Uh, but no, to your yeah, it's just all a matter of um, what happens with the border at this point. I don't know if it's vaccine passports if you have to have both of your vaccinations or just one or um whatever it is so 
Um, I don't know what the timeline for the border reopening is, but if it does, I'm probably going to take a risk on tickets just for a series, maybe in late August or September, just in case I can go. Um, and if I can't, Craig, they're yours. Uh, I was going to say, worst case scenario, I'll reimburse you. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? People are starved for stuff to do. So I really don't think it'd be hard to sell your tickets. I asked this question last night on Twitter. Blue Jays fans in Ontario, if the Blue Jays spend the rest of the season in Buffalo, um, are you willing to take a risk on buying tickets when they go on sale? In the event, you have both of your vaccines and you have a vaccine passport to be able to cross. I didn't get too many responses because I think this was at like 11 p.m. and a lot of people went to bed. But there were some people who said, no, that's too risky. I'm like, yeah, you'll be able to sell your tickets. No problem. I don't think it's going to be an issue. There's going to be fans. People want to do stuff. So... um, I think it'll be great. It'll be great to see more fans than Dunedin um, and probably more passionate fans and not as many road fans because there was a lot of Angels fans. There was a lot of Braves fans. There was a lot of Yankees fans. Uh, basically, every team that came to Dunedin, there was a lot of the opposing fans there instead of the Blue Jays fans. That so is one series like I'm not looking forward to in Buffalo. When they play the Yankees, like mid-June, that's going to be a home game for the Blue Jays, and it's going to look like a Yankee home game, I think. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I'll I, be there. Because that's my, I how I can get my family weeks. there. <laughs> I think I said this a few weeks ago. Uh, I've noticed more and more people with Buffalo as their location and their Twitter having Blue Jays in their bio if they list their sports teams. And I think that's part of the reason from last year and proximity to Toronto. And, and they're going to play there again. They might be able to win some people over. Yeah. I'm sure having Bo and Vlad playing there didn't, didn't hurt any either. Exactly. <laughs> Just to yeah. mention it because I clicked on the you know the minor league pages and stuff. Roddy Telez just had a two run home run for the Buffalo Jersey Bisons. He should be. He no, should he be just hitting. did. <laughs> I know. He should be. He just did. He, he, Live. He should be mashing. Um, <laughs> so look, I'm looking at their schedule right now. So I have uh, good news and bad news. Um, and again, this is unconfirmed. This is all tentative. But the bad news, I'll start there. It doesn't look like the Jays will be in Toronto come Canada Day. They are scheduled until the 4th of July in Buffalo, New York. If you go to their schedule on their homepage, on their .com, it lists every home game up until July 1st in italics in Buffalo, New York. However, July 16th, where they host the Rangers, that is not there. So maybe they're thinking after and that is the first series after the all-star break (laughs) so maybe they're thinking around that time at the quote-unquote midway point of the season they'll be back in toronto um so it's bittersweet they could be back in mid-july but they're not back enough uh, soon enough rather for canada day so i mean look we we talk about this off air uh it's no secret last year i love canada day i take the two days off uh the actual Canada Day and the second, no matter what. So I can just get sloshed, drink some blues all day and just, you know, Brendan my wife's ketchup chips, you know, it's a big Everything. thing. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, on that line, Brendan, how much of a bummer? Again, th- we didn't have this last year either, but how much of a yeah, bummer yeah. is it to, to not be able to have the Blue Jays play in Canada on Canada Day? And do you think as the Blue Jays, you know, the only Canadian team that they'll s- still make it a thing in Buffalo as much as they would have in Toronto. They should. 
they absolutely should. The one interesting thing about them playing in Dunedin, and I guess it makes sense, it's on American soil, but they play the Canadian anthem first and then the American anthem. Yes. So I don't know if just for that day uh, you do the American anthem first and then the Canadian anthem. I don't know how that kind of stuff works uh, in terms of how that all goes about, but they better. I mean, it's probably still going to stay. Let's see. Yeah, it's still showing 107 as yes. the first pitch. I know that's a getaway day. It's the last day of the series, but it's still a 1 o'clock game. I mean, they're still home. Good. Yeah, exactly. So um, it, it's still there. So I'm assuming there will be the festivities. And I don't – yeah, I mean, I just I just wonder how many Canadians do live in the Niagara region, the Niagara, New York region um, that would – I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm assuming that will be all Canada Day themed. But yeah, it, does, it is kind of a bummer that it can't be here because at one point I was pretty optimistic about it. Yeah. And then Ontario hit into a third wave uh, and a bad one. Mm-hmm. one of the worst in the world and we got locked down like one of the worst in the world um so that we fucked ourselves over in ontario by not being able to have them back here uh for canada day not that that is the ultimate thing oh, yeah. that matters i think we all want <laughs> right, to right. move on but still you guys, a Blue Jays fan, <laughs> you guys know what i mean um it is interesting i guess that makes sense to them to maybe reevaluate things as we get closer to canada day they go on a road trip and then see where vaccinations are like in ontario and where things sit and how many daily cases there are in the month of june and um and whatnot and what the trends are like i guess that would be the most logical time to make that switch back to toronto if it can happen and if it just can't for whatever reason at that point just play the rest of the season at Salem field in my mind don't like because there's no other time you only have a day off here day off there this makes sense. You have four. You have a whole bunch of days to get the equipment down. Players can get settled back into their apartments or hotels or wherever they're going to stay. So that seems like that will be the deciding factor right then. Will they come back to Toronto? We'll find out uh, right around Canada Day probably uh, what things look like in terms of if they can come back for that Rangers series. Yeah. How many of them do you think even have places in Toronto when they haven't been able to go over the border? That's true. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, I none. I don't think George Probably Springer's not. been shopping for a place up there yet until he knows he can no. go over. I'm just, I, that's true. I, it's just how I, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm just saying. No, that's no. That's how screwed up everything is. I don't think he's had is. the opportunity to do it. Probably yeah. not. He hasn't been able yeah. to fully get embraced by the Canadian culture yet. No. <laughs> Next year. No. Next year. <laughs> but, you know, look, I think it's going to be interesting. I think that, you know, I I get it. I'm not. You know, Canadian. I'm. You know, people have dubbed me Canadian, whatever. Um, Most of the but, guy up in the top right right now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I appreciate it. I, I, like I said, I celebrate Canada Day. I celebrate Canada Day harder than I do the Fourth of July, which is weird because I was born and raised in America. But I got, I digress. <laughs> um, what's cool about this, though, you know, as an American, and Craig, I think you could speak to this as well. Um, seeing the Jays play in Canada on the 4th of July it's really not been big I bet you you know if things stay the way they are they're still going to play Canada Day in Buffalo and Independence Day in Buffalo that's a fucking weekend banger if you live in Buffalo or up western New York they need to hurry up and let me stop buying tickets for just, that then yeah, just go <laughs> just, you just go there and just have a weekend because you already have the Monday off just rave all weekend. That is that's right. The Fourth of July is on a Monday this week or this year. Isn't well, it? it's observed on the yeah. Monday. It, oh. it lands on the Sunday, so everyone has the Monday off. So if you're going to get sloshed on the Fourth of July, I'm sure Salem will have some sort of firework festivities or somewhere in in uh, Buffalo there'll be fireworks festivities. 
Man, that's it sounds kind of fun. I mean, I'm just trying to look at the bright side. But again, I do think come mid-July, if cases are down in Toronto, and Brennan, you just mentioned that there's going to be uh, vaccine rollouts and you say 16 plus by the end of May. Uh, 18 plus 65 percent of Ontarians. That's what they're on track for. Okay, so it will be almost herd immunity within the region at the very least. Um, Not obviously not all of Canada, but at least in the region. Um, It's all you can ask for. And uh, the quicker they can get into Toronto, if if they make the postseason and they're like, yo, October in Toronto. That'd be that'd be oh, boom. Blow it up. Oh, <laughs> don't get me too excited, man. That so, would be unreal. Just to say it, if they if the Blue Jays are listening to this podcast ever and they miss out on an opportunity of making that a Canada broadcast, at least for that weekend, and just treat it like it is just you know, a different venue for Canada Day. They're really screwing up and messing up some stuff. They, they, they got to wear the red jerseys. They got to have everything for out. Sure. Bring the Canadian flag yeah. on the damn field. Do everything. It shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, their home and, for the season. You should treat it as such. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And yeah. look, when it comes to, again, that postseason comment, um, I'm, I was half kidding about that. But seriously, if they make the postseason oh, yeah. and they're hosting games, I'm sorry. I do not want to see any postseason <laughs> game in a triple-A ball. I don't. No, well, not no. to mention, you're missing out on the Thunderdome idea. If you freaking don't bring up everybody up there, if you have a chance to sell out the Rogers Center versus yes. Salem Field, fuck, come on. There's not a comparison yeah. there. Brendan was at the Jose Bautista game. He knows how ridiculously loud that is. I don't know how they can any pitcher even can concentrate in that environment. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to our final topic, and I guess it's better news. Uh, Ryu made his return today in Oakland, pitching five innings, giving up four earned run, six strikeouts, and one walk. Um, looked pretty good. His stuff wasn't necessarily that bad, but the location was suspect. It seemed like in the beginning, you know, typical low point, right? Uh, Ryu start where he, you know, starts off kind of slow, but then he gets into his groove come the third and fourth inning. Um, wasn't that bad. He had the run support when it mattered. He ended up getting the win for this. So look, Brendan, how important is it to you for Ryu to maintain a constant presence for this team, given the, all the injuries we talked about, especially given that this rotation is hit or miss. Um, I don't want to throw Matt's under the bus, but he hasn't been looking that great at least his past two starts. So having a guy like Ryu to anchor the rotation is for me, obviously important. How important do you think it is for the team? Oh, huge, especially because, you know, you can probably count on him for six or seven innings every outing. Uh, Maybe he'll have his odd five inning start like he did today. But he is the day where losing streaks come to an end and gives him the best chance to win. And he is the day where most of the guys down in the bullpen can expect to have the night off. Um, We're getting very close to that last three starts for Robbie Ray, too, which is fantastic. Um, he's been really damn good his last three starts too. And it's crazy. He hasn't even walked a guy in his last three starts. Like this is a whole new pitcher. And if you have those two guys going the way they are um, moving forward, you have a very nice top two in your rotation. I think even Matt didn't do himself any favors by starting off as good as he is because uh, the crash of the last two games is now being blown out of proportion way more than I think it needs to be because he wasn't pitching to under a three RA for the entire season. I expect him to be between 350 and 415, 420 uh, by the end of the season. And that's all you can expect. And that's fine for a guy who maybe will give you 180 innings to 200, maybe, maybe 170. Three pretty good. 
but that's fine for a three starter, man. When you got yeah. an offense like the Blue Jays uh, yeah. that can hit, um, it, that's more than fine. And then when Pearson comes up, and if he is stretched out, then it's even better. Matz gets pushed down to the fourth spot. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's it's incredibly important for Ryu to get back and his next start should be on an extra day's rest because they have Monday off uh, against the Braves. And I would expect him to go out there and uh, pick up right where he left off from before he hurt his butt. <laughs> Don't get That's all true, he did. About <laughs> <laughs> Neither about Steven Matz either. I, I think uh, right now that Ryu is just like, it's it's exactly what we need. That, that stuff I was rattling off about the bullpen earlier, that was with Ryu. During yeah. those stats, <laughs> if you don't have Ryu in those stats, especially oh. every fifth day, that number is only going to grow, and we're only playing with fire that much more often. Um, Robbie Ray has been a godsend. I do I expect him to keep doing as well as he's been doing? I'm not going to say I, you know, expecting it, but I'm going to love it if it does. But um, Robbie Ray is looking like the, the near Cy Young Award winner that we saw. For, when he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks, something has clicked, and maybe it is the stupid thing we were talking about, the catcher just putting down the number one and saying go. (laughs) But Steven Matz, honestly, I have not seen the same pitcher the last two starts as we saw his first two starts. And I think a lot of it, guys, I don't know if you have noticed it, but he has completely enamored with what the hell he's getting calls on and it is driving me fucking nuts because he's not letting anything go it's like okay the umpire called it move on to the next pitch deal with it the 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 first bad start he had a week ago it was getting to the point where the umpire was squeezing him to the point where it looked like he was literally only going to fit a baseball through a pipe it needed to be a pipe this big and you're not going to get a strike outside of that Right. The other night, that similar thing happened, but it wasn't quite as bad as it or as exaggerated anyway. But you could just see him getting irked on the mound. It is like Marcus Stroman all over again a little bit, but just without the other terrible bullshit with social media going on. <laughs> I think if he can calm down and settle in on a, this stuff a little bit, I, I love that he pitches with emotion a little bit to the point where he's that invested in the game, but there is a point where you got to let ro- things roll off. Just worry about focusing the pit, uh, throwing the pitch. Do not sit there and dwell on the last one. You know, I I quote one of my favorite baseball mo- movies ever. Don't think meat, just throw. <laughs> and it's Bull Durham for the people that haven't watched that movie. And if you haven't watched that movie, it is one of the best baseball movies you can watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that having Rio in this rotation... Uh, given all the hiccups, given all the the injuries, is is super important, especially if this team wants to continue to be over 500 and to avoid that dark cloud that's chasing us that we were just talking about. Um, Matt's, I feel, gets uh, not only did I do I did notice that Craig, um, he gets he falls in love with pitches that just aren't consistent of his best stuff. Um, threw a lot of sliders the other day in Oakland, and it just. I mean, just left him right there to feast on. Um, Part of that is, I think that's what he he's not, he's not keeping the consistent touch on his pitches. Yeah. And yeah. Th- I think that's why he's falling in love, like you're mentioning, with certain pitches. Well, again, that's up to Jansen to come out and to be like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, let's, let's do what's working. Um, but that's a whole different conversation. That's, that's veteran shit right there. But look, um, when it comes to the starting pitching, if, if this, if Ryu is healed, Right. Assuming that we're not dealing with this. Oh, maybe you know, this juggling act when it comes <laughs> to injuries. Um, good. 
because we yeah. need to start getting some stability in these things. Um, I'm tired of looking at probable pick pitchers and looking at the week and be like, well, we don't we don't know quite yet what's going on. <laughs> that was like last week. <laughs> yeah, it's happening again this weekend. And you, yeah. would, you would imagine that it will probably I think Anthony Case slated if it were to be on Sunday, I believe. Yeah. Um, so whatever. I mean, you could do a lot worse than Anthony K anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's important. Hopefully this does something for the rotation. And obviously it gives the the offensive side a little bit of confidence to be able to give some run production as well, which in turn relax Ryu, which I think is what we saw today. Um, all right, look, we're uh, closing in on the show. Um, I want to get in our picks to click and revisit them from last week. And I'm going to do our prediction for the next two series, three at Houston, three at Atlanta. And those three Houston games, I'm sure George Springer is playing in. But what do we got for the picks to click last week, Greg? Well, do um, what you guys had mentioned beforehand, that Chris Key <laughs> has um, very adamantly said that we're carrying over his pick of Robbie Ray. So if you're listening... <laughs> Chris, here you go. We're keeping Robbie Ray as your pick. Um, I had Randall Gritchick. That's going to be Just tough saying. to beat. <laughs> and I predicted four and three. Um, Adam, you had Vladdy. Also not Hell a yeah. Pick, four and three. And then you, unfortunately, Brendan, got one start from George Springer. It was a good win. one. <laughs> Just saying. So... I'll leave it up to you guys because I, I, I'll give you a 50-50, I think, right now between Gritchick and Ray. But Ray had the one start, or did he get two in? Mm, he got two one. He got, oh, he got, um, did he? From, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, he got the Atlanta start in, which he pitched well, and he got the Oakland start in uh, yesterday. Pitched well. In typical Randa Gritchick fashion, it was very streaky. It was like, good game here, 0 for 4. Good game there on a home run today. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was tough. I'm not um, trying to slap your Vladdy pick aside, Adam, I swear. I need a win. So. <laughs> Vladdy had a really good quiet week. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just it was just new Vladdy all week. It wasn't like three home run game Vladdy. No, no. It was just he's batting 333, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Over the last week, yeah, yeah. No, period. That's his season oh, right, right now, right, 333. Right. He's literally doing the best baseball thing you could do is get a hit. One third of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're going to go from the Atlanta series, uh, baseball reference doesn't have today's game. Uh, so uh, over the past six games, minus today, uh, he was hitting 350 with an OBP of 510, slugging 450, and an OPS of 969. Just no home too. Yeah. Six okay. walks. And six what? walks. And he had a good game. chunk of ribbies in that, ch- in that time frame, too, didn't he? Just three. Just it was three. just three. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Vlad or Grichik did that all in one game. The other. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't know what the hell to do on that one, and I'm honestly wondering if we vote, put it up on Twitter to make everybody give us a real pick for this and put a vote to it. Who had the best guys, week out of those four? I guys. need a win here. <laughs> everybody has one win except for Adam. Does anybody have two yet? I do. So you're going you to just take it away from me on that? <laughs> I'm probably never going to win the rest of the season again. <laughs> it's tough I, because my heart is – or my, my head is pulling me towards Vlad, but I deep down know that this team's unsung hero offensively has been Gritchick because without him, it has I don't been. know where they'd be. Um, 
I'm I, yeah, I, 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 I give you both a point. I have no problem. We with that. I think that's how we did circles before, <laughs> or, or you guys half a point each. No, no, um, no. Put it up on a poll. Okay. I'll put it up on a poll. We'll put up the yeah. BJ Nation. <laughs> yeah. Decide our picks to click. Tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Key won as the guest spot the week before, so uh, I'll put not, him in the boat too. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, sure. You know what? That's great. It's fantastic. Those two starts. I think all we'll, three we'll of you keep are the guest spot rolling for him on that. <laughs> so, you know what we should do? What's we up? should weekly, um, before the show, put up the four picks, our three and plus the guest, and have the fans vote for that and see if they coincide with what we think. It's a good idea. <laughs> Good, you know what I'm saying? Before just to the put show, it out so there, Chris is yeah, yeah. preaching his case on the chat right now, and just it's a sure bunch of exclamation points, and it's Robbie fucking Ray, Robbie fucking Ray, and over and over and over again. It's all like it's like he's got on a loop. We should have invited him on the show and said Robbie fucking Ray, and then kicked him out. That's it. <laughs> Robbie Ray has put on some serious muscle. He is alpha as fuck right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him being that big last year, man. His arms are bowling balls. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Was it you that sent a picture of him, just like perfect, yeah, or whatever yeah. earlier on I, Twitter? I took a screenshot of him with his really tight pants, straight on shot of him, and I just said perfection. There yeah, it is. dude, he's got like the the faux hawk going on too. If you look under the hat, he's got the it's like the, the hawk going, like like retro Josh Donaldson Viking look again. A little yeah. bit, <laughs> a little bit. Going I was it. saying, I was saying to Sarah today, if they had him under contract for just one more year, if it, if it was a two year deal. He would be very much a Jersey candidate right now. I've fallen in love with him over the last few starts. Yeah, it's very much a blue, part of Blue Jays' uh, culture now at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so no. no Chris's final comment was: start the episode over, and he'll join in. Yeah, <laughs> this is the trial run. All right, let's yeah. do our predictions: three at Houston, three at Atlanta. What do we got? Brendan, you can go. Mm, three and three. Um, I think. They continue the good times against Atlanta and win two to three, I hope. Um, that is also slated to be Robbie Ray and Hunjin Ryu in two of those games. So I think you win two there. Um, I'm less optimistic about Houston. I'll take one win. I think Mats gets back on track on Saturday a little bit. And uh, according to Charlie Montoya, we'll see who pitches on Sunday. So... I don't know if that's Anthony Kay. I don't know if that's Nate Pearson. Uh, my guess will be it's going to be Anthony Kay. Yeah. Um, going up Zach Granke, which will be interesting. Uh, I would love to see some of his famous 58-mile-per-hour ephuses that he's <laughs> been throwing. I think that'd be really cool to watch. Uh, but, yeah, I'd give me one in Houston. It's going to be tough. They're a good team, and uh, I really think they're going to struggle tomorrow with your Keedy. He's really, really good. Do you want to get your pick? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, my pick to click for this week is Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. He had some He's... really good hard contact this week. Yeah, I think the I think the ball is going to start dropping for Teoscar. Yeah, and he's looked way better than he did before he got COVID. And I'm not happy that he got COVID. That sucks for him, and he had some mild symptoms, but he's looked like a new man since he's come back. So there you go. So I guess it's mine. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic that we're going to take. Act- I think the unfortunately the Atlanta Braves are going to come back and bite us in the butt a little bit. I think we're only going to take one out of that series. But I have a strange feeling that we're actually going to sweep the freaking Astros. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's the way the pitching is going to line up for them. We're going to be facing the back end of the rotation. I think. So I think we'll be okay on that one. And I just have a strange feeling that the Blue Jays will be hyped up for that series. 
especially if we do get tanked by the uh, Atlanta Braves over the weekend. They're going to be like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And right. on that note, I'm going to take Yunjin Ryu because he, I want to see him get a ridiculous bounce back after he got the only slight bounce back today. Yep. All right. Um, I think if George Springer was healthy, we would have swept the Astros. Um, but seeing as though that's not a reality, I think I'll go one against Houston and two against Atlanta. Is that what you had too, Brennan? Yep. Yes, I'm going to go same on that. And my picks to click, my pick to click, rather. Um, it'd be really ballsy of me to just go Danny Jansen because he had a home run today. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I don't it. think there's um, enough collective balls in this group to make that pick. Yeah. <laughs> what if, Adam, if you, if you don't get the win through the Twitter poll and you do something as ballsy as taking Reese McGuire, if he... <laughs> If he got one hit, I would give you the win next week. You won so the if you season. Wanted, if you want to take that bet, all Reese needs is one hit between now and when we next record, and you get the win no matter what any of our other picks. That's not Even pick if it's to a click, that's choice. pick to luck. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't, give you, I can't give you a fielder's choice. It needs to be a very clean base hit. Oh, Kills okay. three ants in front of the plate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I can't be that bold. Let me go. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride it. Let me go great check on this. Uh, wait a minute. Did you pick Raychuk? I did not. That was my last okay. week. Okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll go Raychuk on this one. So just to say it, because Vlad Lust is a thing, you're going to end up winning the pick the click probably. <laughs> hey. <laughs> go polls. But anyway, good deal. And uh, during that same poll that I'll put out after the show, we will also include in the chat the um, pick the click that will need to be in for the fan vote slash guest spot for yes. next week's yep. show. Please have that in before Friday's game starts. Uh. Okay, cool. So there you go. Um, and speaking of next week, this is our final Thursday show. Sorry, next week will be our final Thursday show of this stretch. We will return to Wednesday uh, evening live come May 19th. So again, set your calendars next Thursday. We will be doing this again. I want to say that is May 13th. And then the following week, uh, we will be re returning to Wednesdays. The Blue Jays do have a game that night, but there's no getaway game. There's no uh, day off the day next day. So they'll be playing the Red Sox live. We can talk through it. We can have the coverage for you. We'll be talking Blue Jays regardless. So again, May 19th, back to Wednesdays. May 13th, still Thursday. Uh, that being said, thank you all for listening. Happy Mother's Day to all the yes. moms out there. Shout out to my wife, whose birthday lands on Mother's Day. She is my deck stack when it comes to Mother's Day. I have to throw down, double down on that with a birthday gift. Gotta so, do the one-up, man. Happy I birthday, have, Cindy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> she, will, uh, she will be very appreciative of that. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, please do. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast fix from, we are there. If you want to catch us live when we do these shows, we are on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere you get your live video feed from. We are there, and we would love to interact with you. We would love for you to join us on a weekly basis to talk Blue Jays. Um, fan interaction is key, especially when it comes to the picks to click. So that being said, uh, let's finish this off as we always do with two claps and Ric Flair, and let's go Blue Jays, guys. Let's go Blue Jays. Sweep the Astros. <laughs>
the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.